0: Over its 25-year life, the Child Tax Credit has gone through a lot of changes. The expanded Child Tax Credit from Biden's American Rescue Plan was touted as a -a once-in-a-lifetime achievement towards reducing child poverty. But just like the Child Tax Credit from the 2017 Trump tax cuts, these policies were passed as only temporary provisions. Today, the Child Tax Credit's future remains in limbo. But families are left wondering, how is this ever-changing policy going to impact their tax returns? And does this popular program have to be so confusing? Welcome to The Deduction, a Tax Foundation podcast. My name is Jesse Solist, host of The Deduction. And this week, I'm joined by our senior economist, Erica York. Erica, thanks for coming.
1: Hey, Jesse. Thanks for having me on.
0: How's Kansas today?
1: It's good. It's nice and warm, actually.
0: It's like 65 in D.C.
1: Okay, well, same here. Pretty,
0: pretty incredible. <laughs> But the weather is not the point of today's podcast. We're here to talk about tax filing season and more specifically the child tax credit. Uh, The administration all this week has been doing this big PR push about this expanded child tax credit. There's story after story saying, Hey, if you haven't claimed it yet for last year, there might be money waiting for you. There's also stories just highlighting how much headaches there might be. Before we get into the policy discussion here, let's take a step back and just do a little bit of educating for last year what was the child tax credit? What was the structure? How much was it? And how did it change from its previous form?
1: Yeah. So right now people are filing tax returns for tax year 2021. And the 2021 child tax credit was expanded in several major ways under the American Rescue Plan. So one of the biggest changes was that the maximum credit was increased from $2,000 to $3,600 for younger children and $3,000 for older children. Uh, The age limit on the credit was also increased, so it used to be up to 16 years old, and for 2021, it was up to 17-year-olds. It was also made fully refundable, so that means that households with lower levels of earnings or even no income could receive that maximum credit amount, whereas before, the credit phased in with earned income, so you had to have a certain level of earnings to receive the credit. And then the refundability was also limited.
0: And before that, it was it was just two thousand a year, right? And you would get it, and when you filed your taxes, correct?
1: That's right. It was two thousand dollars a year. Refundability was limited to fourteen hundred dollars, and you got it when you filed your tax return. So that's the other major change is that instead of having to wait to file taxes, um, lawmakers said half of the credit would be paid out in regular payments. So um, starting in July of 2021, people got um, monthly payments with part of their child tax credit payment included in it.
0: So if you receive those monthly payments, which ended in December, correct? That's right. So if you receive those, then your tax refund might look different this spring than it normally does. How might it change if you did receive those credits in advance?
1: That's right. So normally people have to wait until they file their taxes to receive the whole credit. This time, since half of the credit was received in advance, it could mean for some families that their tax refund is smaller than normal. So imagine a family that would normally get a $2,000 child tax credit when they file their taxes. This year, let's say they qualified for the $3,000 credit. That's a bigger benefit overall. But because they received half of it last year, $1,500 dollars, that means they'll receive the other $1,500 at tax filing time, which is smaller than the $2,000 they may be accustomed to. So for some families, it could mean their refunds go down. For other families, though, it could mean their refunds go up. So imagine a family that previously you know, received the limited refundable amount, so up to $1,400, or a family who didn't have enough earnings to qualify for the credit at all, so they just got zero. Now, let's say they also get a $3,000 child tax credit They got $1,500 in advance, and they'll get the other $1,500 when they file taxes. So it could be a bigger refund for some families.
0: And we should stress here that if your refund is smaller come April or May or whenever you receive your actual refund for this tax filing season, that does not mean you had a tax hike, correct?
1: That's right. People often conflate their tax refund with what their tax burden is, but those are very different measures. Your tax refund essentially tells you whether you overpaid or underpaid your taxes during the year. So you have to look at the total amount of taxes you owed and paid to see what your actual tax burden is.
0: Okay, so Erica, we talked a lot lot of numbers there. Why is this thing so confusing? How did it get to this point?
1: About 48 million tax returns each year claim the child tax credit. So that's a lot of families with children being affected. And it'll be even more than that with the expansions under the Biden administration for 2021.
0: Because they increased the age, right?
1: Because they Mm -hmm. increased the age and they also made it fully available to people without earnings. So people who never before qualified for the credit now will. There's estimates that about 84% of families with children used to qualify for the credit. For 2021, it'll be about 96% of families with children qualify. So it increased the, the number of families who get the credit.
0: That's quite a big jump.
1: Yeah, it was a very big expansion. But the reason it's complicated is that taxpayers have to meet a lot of legal requirements to qualify for the child tax credit. Generally, just one adult or a married couple can claim a credit for a child who's related to them. So that means there has to be a relationship test that's met. The child has to live with them for more than half a year. So there's a residency test that has to be met. Then there are other conditions like age limits, identification requirements that can even vary across different credits that have child-related benefits. So that can get really complicated for families filing their taxes and for the IRS to administer. Um, The Government Accountability Office has put it this way, given complicated family relationships, determining whether children meet eligibility requirements is not always clear-cut nor easily understood by taxpayers. And that can be especially true in cases where filers maybe share responsibility for a child with a separated parent or with a former spouse, or even with other relatives, or even just caregivers that, that aren't related. So essentially what we have is the IRS trying to enforce a law that may not match up with the way that families actually live their lives day to day. So it creates confusion on, on both sides.
0: So it's, its administration is kind of more like a, a TANF program or another like Welfare program, if you will, where it's just really complex, but we're tasking the IRS to deal it out. Am I getting that right?
1: There are some similarities there, but in some ways, even though the child tax credit and other refundable tax credits are really complex, the GAO, for example, has said it's not as bad as some of these other programs. Essentially, taxpayers can pre certify that they meet the requirements. So when you file your tax return, you know, you say who your dependents are, what age they are, you claim the credit. And then unless you get flagged for an audit or, or some kind of follow-up correspondence with the IRS, you get the benefit. With other spending programs, there's a lot more complicated hoops to jump through. Sometimes you have to meet with a caseworker. Um, sometimes you have to you know, go to a certain building and, and file out paperwork there. Uh, and so we see that reflected in the participation rates. Uh, for example, the earned income tax credit has over 85% participation rate. According to the Treasury Department, that's at the very high end. Mm -hmm. The participation in supplemental security income is about 67%. And the participation in TANF is about 34%. So even though there are a lot of complicated administrative issues, both for people trying to get the benefits and for the IRS to ensure that it's done correctly, it's a lot better than some of the other programs that we have.
0: So the name of itself, Child Tax Credit, tax, that would imply that the IRS is a natural home for this thing to be doled out. Is the IRS actually the one who should be handing out these checks? Were they the right person to do this last year?
1: Maybe at the last minute, the, the way that this program was set up really quickly, and the idea was that it was partially pandemic relief. Given the circumstances, I think it, it makes sense that it was done this way because of the nature of, of the American Rescue Plan. But if we're talking like a long-term reform to the child tax credit, then no, the IRS probably is not well-suited to be administering the program. There's lots of reform proposals that say, let's move this outside of the tax code. Let's move it to the Social Security Administration. They can use the frameworks that they already have set up or the infrastructure they already have set up to administer SSI, survivors' benefits to children. They might be better suited than the IRS because... During the tax filing season, the IRS doesn't have a way in real time to you know, verify these relationship and residency tests. There's no database out there that says this child lived with this person for more than six months of the year. That's not something that the IRS can easily verify. Mm-hmm. So moving to um, an administration that has more experience with child-related payments would make more sense.
0: So the child tax credit, as the way Biden reformed it, is no longer the existing law. We're back to how it was before this, which was the Trump tax cut version of the child tax credit. The thing that's going on with the economy right now, though, other than tax filing season, is inflation. There is a report that came out this week. Inflation's really high right now, 7.5%, high since 82, I think they said. Um, and of course, that's driving a lot of discussions on Capitol Hill, in state houses across the country. Inflation is kind of the word of the week. The administration, they're saying they have an answer to inflation. It's the Build Back Better agenda, which would include a permanent expansion of the child tax credit like they had last year. Does the CTC need to be part of that package if inflation is the next focus for this White House?
1: Well, the last COVID relief package, the last big spending bill that we had, is part of the reason we're seeing inflation right now. The government spent, you know, $2 trillion when the gap between Where the economy was and where the economy could be was more like down in the billions of dollars. So, spending more money right now, as the Build Back Better proposal would do, is not a serious solution for tamping down inflation. That said, going forward, the current mix of tax credits and and social programs within the tax code absolutely need reformed. But just increasing the size um, without reforming the structure or looking at the administrative issues. Or even looking at the costs versus the benefits, you know, is boosting the child tax credit the best way to to meet these policy goals, that really isn't the way to go.
0: What is Capitol Hill saying about this? I know there are lawmakers on both sides who are very passionate about this issue and not only like passionate as in like they have thoughts on it. they want this program here, they want it here for a while. What are both sides kind of leading with right now for where the child tax credit should go moving forward?
1: Recently, we've seen some campaigns within Lawmakers on the Hill for emphasizing the importance of including the child tax credit in Build Back Better. Uh, Right now, it's, I I think, a a short-term extension. It's not permanent for the child tax credit within BBB, but BBB itself is in limbo. And so we're also hearing some rumblings of bipartisan talks of, of reform on the child tax credit done outside of Build Back Better. For instance, uh, Senator Mitt Romney has suggested looking at um, bipartisan reforms to more holistically reform the set of refundable tax credits, as well as spending programs geared, geared towards the same population. His Family Security Act would eliminate the current child tax credit, remove child benefits from the earned income tax credit, and instead create a monthly child benefit administered through the Social Security Administration and simplify the EITC. And then it would also include other tax and poverty relief reforms to help offset the costs of those changes. There are also proposals um, from Democrats to do similar things, but you know they don't always specify you know, the same parameters. But something like those bipartisan proposals that we're seeing would be a drastic improvement on the system that we have right now, which is really complicated for the IRS and for taxpayers. And it addresses some of those longer-term mm. issues more than just like, let's increase the size, but keep the structure the same and ignore some of these problems.
0: It seems like if it was simpler, then we want to hear these stories of people not claiming it or this money being left out there. Yeah. You know, if it was just easy to get.
1: I think another element to that is that... Um, People tend to have a mistrust of the IRS or a fear of the IRS. And so if you're someone who's never had to file a tax return before or hasn't interacted with the IRS, you may feel a little bit skeptical about having to provide your information in order to get the benefit. But if you're already interacting with the Social Security Administration, you know, we all have Social Security numbers or mm-hmm. identification numbers. Um, we're familiar with Social Security, and that's generally a well-liked program. You may get better participation, less skepticism from folks who mm-hmm. are sitting on the sidelines right now and not claiming that payment that they're due.
0: Yeah, that's it's it's a lot going on this season. Um Tax filing season is probably going to be the focus of your work for the next couple of weeks, but what are you working on outside the child tax credit?
1: Very separately from the child tax credit. We're working on a really cool paper right now looking at instances of industrial policy in the tax code mm. and how when lawmakers try to pick out you know, one special industry, they don't often make the right bet. And so our argument is that we should have broadly available neutral treatment for, for business investment because lawmakers aren't in the best position to choose which industry should get good tax treatment and what shouldn't.
0: Um, and where can people find you online if they want to follow this work and more?
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Erica D York.
0: Thanks, Erica. We'll be sure to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jesse. The Deduction is produced by Dan Carbajal. To learn more about the Tax Foundation and the Deduction, visit us online at taxfoundation.org slash podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter Facebook, or LinkedIn at Tax Foundation, as well as on Twitter at DeductionPod. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on The Deduction.